Amen. How many of you are patient for the fruit of the Spirit to grow in your life? Well, it's good to see all of you here. On Hey, it's fall. Last night I woke up to this screeching wind, and I heard rain and a little bit of howling. I looked out there, and I saw that it had dropped in temperature. I dropped on my knees and said, thank you, Jesus. It's about time. I was beginning to wonder if it could ever happen again. It's good to see all of you here today. We're going to begin a new series today on the parable of the sower. I just call it the story of the sower. Uh, do you know that Jesus said, if you understand this parable, you'll understand them all? This is the foundational parable. And uh, I, I got to thinking, the first message I ever preached was out of this, the parable of the sower. That was the very first word God ever gave me. So if we can get this, we can have a key to unlocking the rest of the parables. So we're going to look at the story of the sower today. And I want to talk to you about, um, well, I'm going to lay the groundwork and, and uh, just sort of establish what this parable is all about. Then I'm going to talk about the first type of ground the seed fell on, the hard ground. So let's read out of Luke 8, verses 4 to 5, and then I'm going to read out of Matthew 13, 18 and 19. Now look at Jesus opening up this parable. It says, while a large crowd was gathering... And people were coming to Jesus from town after town. He told this parable. So this parable was to the whole crowd, not just to the disciples. He said a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell among the footpath. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Now later the disciples said to him, Hey, we don't get what you were saying there. Can you explain that, please? And Jesus did, and I, and I want to pull it out of Matthew 13, verse 18. Here's Jesus explaining what he just meant. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not, read it with me, everybody, understand it. Then what happens? The wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Father, thank you for your powerful and mighty word. We pray your blessing on it today. Thank you for giving us understanding, opening up every mind, every heart, every spirit, every soul to receive what God is saying. Thank you, Lord, for giving us spiritual understanding today. And Lord, I pray that you will cause us to grow by this message. In the name of the Lord Jesus, will you breathe a prayer at church and say, Lord, I receive your word. Let it bear fruit in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him this is going to change your life. I really believe that. I really believe that. I know the word of the Lord does not return void. It always does what he sends it forth to accomplish. And it's going to change your life. Now, three of the four Gospels contain this parable. And so what I'm going to be doing is jumping back and forth between the three to bring out the best understanding that I can uh, because some are a little more clear than others on certain parts. Now, in Jesus' parable of the sower, we've got three simple things. We've got a sower, we've got a seed, and we've got a soil. The sower, the seed, the soil. The sower is the sharer of the gospel. I'm a sower. And you know what? If you're a Christian, you're a sower. The sower is the sharer of the gospel, which we ought to all be. The seed sown is the Word of God. It is, I believe, more more specifically, it's the Gospel. 
The seed sown is the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The soil is the heart and the soul of the hearer. I'm ministering the word right now, and it's going on the soil of your souls. I'm sowing seed right now, and it's going on the soil of your soul. If your soul receives the seed, it's going to bring forth fruit. If it doesn't receive the seed, then I'm sowing in vain, and I know I'm not sowing in vain. Now, in this parable, we're going to see that Jesus focuses on four kinds of soil, representing four conditions of the heart that hears the word. The soil is your heart. The soil is your soul. First of all, we've got hard soil, and that represents a hard heart. And I'm going to be talking about a hard heart today. Then there's rocky soil, and that represents a shallow heart. Shallow heart. Then there's thorny soil, and that thorny soil represents a crowded heart. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. But then there's the good soil, and the good soil is a fertile heart. The heart that receives the word of God, waters it, nurtures it, until it brings forth fruit. Now, With this parable, the main focus of the parable is not the sower and it's not the seed. The main focus of this parable is the soil. Jesus focuses on the soil and how that soil either receives or rejects the word of God. So, though he talks about the sower and talks about the seed, the main focus of the Lord Jesus Christ is your heart, my heart, how we respond to the word of God. Now, finally, this parable shows four possible outcomes of the sowing of the seed. Four possible outcomes. In the first example that we're going to talk about today, the person is never saved. They never get saved. And and Jesus is careful to point out that it's because they don't understand the message. And he tells us why they don't understand the message. The reason they don't understand the message is their heart is hard. So this first example, because they don't understand what they hear, because of a hard heart, they remain lost. And Jesus said their soul is lost. In the second example, the seed is received, but it's it never puts down roots. It's the shallow soil. It never puts down roots because it's rocky. So I'm going to call this message rootless. I'm going to call the first message, today's message, clueless, because they don't have understanding I'm going to call this one, next one, rootless, because they never put down roots. In the third example, the seed is also received, but it becomes choked by distractions. And so we're going to call that one fruitless. So we got clueless, rootless, fruitless. I work at this. (laughs) Because I want you to understand it and remember it. And finally, in the fourth example, the seed is received. It's received, and it's wonderfully successful, bearing kingdom fruit. And I'm going to call this one fruitful. So we've got clueless, rootless, fruitless, and fruitful. Sounds like I'm naming children. (laughs) I hope not. Or how about dogs? Well, here comes clueless. Well, there's rootless. (laughs) Okay. Now, I want to also, just as a by the way, Jesus is not telling us there's, there's a 75% failure rate in the kingdom of God. Because three of the four do badly. 
Three of the four do not live up to what God intended with that seed. But he's not telling us that there is a guaranteed 75% failure rate in the kingdom of God. He's just giving us four possibilities of the seed sown. That's all he's giving us. So I want you to say with me, clueless, rootless, fruitless, and fruitful. Those are the four outcomes of the seed. Now, today I'm going to look at the first example that Jesus presents, and that is the seed sown on the well-trodden path, the footpath, which, of course, because people are always walking over it, it's packed hard. It's hard ground. It's like cement. And it's interesting to me, I caught this this week, I've never seen it before. But if you read it closely, you'll notice it's the only one of the four soils where the word has not been received. It's been heard, but it hasn't been received. This hearer does not receive the word they heard. But the other three all receive the seed, but not this one. This one doesn't receive the seed. Jesus couldn't be more clear when he says the result is they're not saved. The seed is sown on the hard, unreceptive ground, cement-like ground. So the birds come and snatch it away. Now, Jesus said this hard soil represents a hard heart. A hard heart. And the birds, he said, represent the devil. Now, I want you to notice the activity of the devil. As soon as the seed is sown, the devil is there to snatch it away. The devil hates the word of God. The devil hates what I'm saying right now, and I'm glad. I like giving the devil heaven. So you got the devil immediately. He sees the seed sown, and the devil knows it's a hard heart. So he immediately swoops down. We've all seen it. You go into a Walmart parking lot, there's all these grackles and blackbirds always hopping around on the parking lot, and they're looking for food that has been dropped and for crumbs, and they always get it when they see it because it's on hard cement. It never goes anywhere. It's not received into the ground. As they snatch it up and they fly away. Jesus says that's exactly what happens when some people hear the word of God. They don't get to their car before the devil swoops in and snatches what they heard and they forget what they heard. They hear the gospel, but they quickly forget it with the help of the devil and they just go on with life. They forget what they heard. You may never hear the gospel again like you're going to hear it today. Some of you, and watching by video, you may not be certain of your salvation. I want you to listen carefully to me. Don't have a hard heart with this. The Bible says, today if you hear his voice, don't reject his voice. Don't turn from his voice because today is the day of salvation. Jesus stresses that a hard heart affects this person's ability to understand. The gospel of Christ. Now, I'm always telling you words matter in the Bible. And I looked up that word, understand, and here's what it actually means. Understand means he doesn't think about what he's heard. He doesn't consider. He does not stop and consider the repercussions and ramifications of what he has just heard. He doesn't give it a second thought. That's what not understanding means here. He hears it, but he doesn't give it a second thought. And as a result, he's got a hard heart. Jesus said, when anybody hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, that's the first soil. That's the first heart. He doesn't think about what he's heard. 
We would say it goes in one ear and out the other. He doesn't give it a second thought, but he's quickly distracted by other things. He's thinking about the bills to pay, places to go, things to do. And before he's to the car, like I said, in the parking lot, the devil has snatched that message out of his heart. And he gets busy with life, and one day the call comes. Time to go home. Time to enter eternity. You should have listened back there to what you heard. I can't tell you how many times I've encountered hard hearts in my preaching ministry. I've been preaching a very long time. And I've preached to tens of thousands of people. And I want to tell you how often I see hard hearts. They'll sit there and they'll even smile at you. And, uh, you know, uh, they may even come up and say, that was a good message. But, but you see that it never, it's never received into their life. They never consider it. They never think about it. They never, they never sit down and go, wow, if what I heard is true, that's the most important message I ever heard in my whole life. And my soul is the single most valuable thing to me. But they don't think about that. They don't think about that. The devil swoops in, puts other things in their mind, and plucks that word out. Now, the dictionary defines the word hardened. When you talk about a hard heart as cold, insensitive, unfeeling, and unyielding. Let me say those again. Cold, insensitive, unfeeling, and unyielding. And, and, and if we're honest with ourselves, we would have to say that we're all, we, we all have a cold heart somewhere or another in our life where it comes to the things of God. None of us have perfect hearts. Now, I try to keep my heart as soft and pliable in the hands of God as I can. But there's things that I should be more sensitive to than I'm not. There's times that little still small voice may, may nudge me about something and, I, and I'll ignore it. I try not to more and more as I grow in Christ, but, but I'll ignore it. And, and, I, and, and when you ignore the word of God, it, it's expressive of a hard heart. Cold and sensitive, unfeeling and unyielding. Now, if Jesus is talking about a hard heart in this parable, then I want to know, uh, where does a hard heart come from? What causes it? And here's the better question. What can be done about it? How can I deal with a hard heart in my life and make it softer towards God? Well, first, I'm going to identify where a hard heart comes from. And then I'm going to tell you exactly what to do about a hard heart where you can, you can get a soft heart towards God, a sensitive heart towards God. So I'm excited about this. Let me dive right in. First, the Bible is clear that a hard heart comes from the devil himself. The Bible says, listen to the Bible, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. Can you believe that? We were obeying the devil. And then it goes on. <clears throat> He describes the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Now look at how, what he tells us the devil does. He is, the devil is, the spirit at work, where everybody, read it with me, in the hearts. Say it again, in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. That gives us an insight into what's happening in the spiritual world all the time. The lost, those who don't know Christ, have a spirit working in them. It's the spirit of the devil. And, and what is he doing? He is working in the hearts of the lost to harden their heart against God. And I want to tell you, he loves to get a Christian and harden a Christian's heart toward God. The devil wants to harden your heart against God. Now notice that the Bible said, he is at work. He is at work. 
The devil is at work in the hearts of those who reject Christ. He is working. That means he's expending energy. He's putting forth power, exertion, effort. He is laboring. It's the devil's task to work on the hearts of people, to harden their heart against God, where it's unfeeling, where it's insensitive, where it's cold. The hard heart. He wants to make our hearts hard against God. He wants us to the place where we don't pay any attention to Him. We don't think about Him. We don't care about Him. We don't submit to Him. We don't even believe in Him. The devil wants to harden your heart. But now I notice, and here's some good news. I find it really interesting that exactly the opposite thing is said about the believer, you. It says in Philippians, listen to this. No, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you, say the word receive with me, everybody. When you receive. Now notice, here's somebody whose heart is receiving the word, not stony ground, not hard ground, but receiving the word. Look what happens. When you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. You're holding in your hand, your Bible, and that is the word of God. That's the word of God. It's not the word of men. It's the word of God. And look what he says. We got here. You received it. You accepted it. That means you allowed it. To work in your life. And look what he goes on to say. He says, which is at work in you believers. It's the same word used here, at work, as it talks about the devil. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. But here, the word of God is at work in you who believe. It's the word energeo. Energeo. We get energy from it. The Word of God is energizing you. The Word of God is working in you. The Word of God is at work in your heart. As I preach right now, it's working on you. It's working on you. The Word of God works on you. It works righteousness into you. It works a soft heart into you. It works pliability towards God in you. It it works in you towards good things. It blesses you. It causes you to grow. It makes you more like Jesus. That's why it says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. i got to read another one, Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God working in you causes you to want to do what he wants you to do. and, And then it empowers you to do what he wants you to do. Well, I'm going to get this CD. I'm preaching better than your amen in me. God is at work in you. I want you to say with me, God is at work in me. God is at work in me. So, so notice, notice you've got an option. If you're a human being, you've got an option. You're going to have the devil working on your heart to harden it towards God, or you can receive the word of God and accept the word of God as the word of God and have God working in you that which is good and right and holy and blessed. So the devil is one cause of a hard heart. But there's another one. A second cause of a hard heart is not spending time in God's word. I promise you. Now I'm talking to believers here. Not spending time in God's word is a cause of a hard heart. The Bible says, it's not my word like fire, declares the Lord. 
And is it not like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? Notice, two descriptions of the word. It's like a fire. What does a fire do? It burns things away. What does the fire of the word of God do? It burns sin out of your life. It burns fleshly sin out of your life. But then he said it's also like a hammer. And what does that hammer do? It breaks and softens hard hearts. Is not my word like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? The rock there he's talking about is a hard heart. I guarantee you, church, if you neglect God's word in your personal life, your heart is going to harden. I don't care who you are. If I neglected the word of God, getting <clears throat> getting into the word of God on a daily basis like I do, if I neglected it, and I just said, well, I don't need the word of God. I'll pick it up on Sunday when Pastor Jeff preaches. And, and, and I'll get the word then. But if I neglected it all week long and I just got into the habit of not getting into the word, I promise you, your heart is going to harden towards God. Because the word of God's ministry, one of the word of God's ministries, is not only to build your faith, but it's to keep your heart soft. One night, Jesus came walking on the water to his disciples. You remember the story. And they were struggling against a contrary wind. And all of a sudden, they see somebody walking towards them, walking on top of the water. Jesus walking on the water, defying gravity. And I want you to look at their reaction. The Bible says, when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost. And they cried out. They screamed. Let me just put it in modern-day vernacular. They freaked out and screamed. For they all saw him, and they were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it's I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves, beyond measure and marveled. Look at the way their, their reaction is described. Let me read them to you. They cried out, they were troubled, they were greatly amazed, and they marveled. And you know what? None of those were good things. Because Jesus said, it says in the Bible, They considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Now what that's referring to is before Jesus walked on the water, he took those five loaves and two fish from that little boy, and he blessed it, broke it, and gave it. And it was multiplied, and thousands of people were fed with five loaves and two fishes. And the Bible says the disciples saw this, but they did not stop and think about what they'd seen. They did not consider the activity of Jesus, who was the Word incarnate. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was the Word incarnate. So here's the deal. Jesus did this incredible miracle, and not once did they sit down and go, Wow, he just totally defied natural law. He multiplied. He did a miracle in front of our eyes. The only reason they were amazed and cried out and marveled and were troubled when he walked on the water is because they did not already consider that Jesus could defy natural law because he was God wrapped in flesh. They didn't consider that. If they had considered it, when he came walking to them on the water, they would say, ah, oh, no big deal. He's walking on the water. He can multiply fish and loaves. He can walk through closed doors that are locked. Jesus isn't subject to natural law like us. They did not consider what the Word, what the Word was telling them. And once again, this shows that hard hearts are hard. Because they never truly ponder, think about, meditate on, or chew on the works or the word of God. Later on in Mark's gospel, Jesus marvels that the disciples still have hard hearts. 
After all the miracles they've seen, it says in verse 16, they reason among themselves saying, it's because we have no bread. Jesus being aware of it said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive? Now there's these words again. Look, do you not perceive nor understand? That's the first soil. Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Then verse 52, for they did not understand. There's that word again about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Notice, not understanding the word and a hard heart go hand in hand. So we can flip that coin, can't we? And say, if I understand the word, my heart is not hard. If I spend time in the word and soak in the word and let the word speak to me and change me and direct my life and tell me what to do and how to live, if I receive that word and understand it, spend time in it, I can't also have a hard heart. Jesus links a hard heart to the disciples' failure to consider the works of Jesus, which is what reading the word of God accomplishes. I read the word of God this morning. In my daily devotional, and I stopped and thought about what I was reading. I don't just read it like a newspaper. I stop and think about what I'm reading. And I read one verse that just popped out at me. It said, be not weary in well-doing. And I just needed to hear that. Be not weary in well-doing. It just jumped out at me. And I thought about it. Because in due season, I'm going to reap if I do not faint. There is a reaping coming. And so I understand what he's telling me, that you never labor in the Lord's vineyard in vain. But if you stay at it, one day your due season of reaping is going to come and you're going to reap as surely as you're sitting in that chair. And I understand what the word is telling me. And when I understand what the word tells me, it keeps my heart soft. Jesus describes a hard heart. Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of fragments did you take up? You see what he's saying to them? You haven't even thought about it. They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? Understand what? How is it you don't understand who you're walking with? How is it you don't understand who I really am? I am not a first century hippie walking around in sandals with long blonde hair and blue eyes saying nice things like a peace child. That's not me. I am God wrapped in flesh. I am God visiting the human race. They never really meditated on what Jesus, the incarnate word, was doing right in front of their eyes. So we learn from the examples of Jesus' own disciples, a hard heart doesn't grow, a hard heart doesn't prosper, a hard heart doesn't discern who re Jesus really is, and a hard heart doesn't look through eyes of faith. That's a hard heart. So Jesus, the Bible is telling us, the devil and neglect of God's word hardens the heart. But there's one last cause, and it's a very simple one, and you could guess this, I know you could if I asked you, but one last cause of a hard heart is a three-letter word called sin. Sin hardens your heart like nothing else will. Listen to the Bible, Hebrews 3.13. Exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin hardens our heart. Sin hardens our heart. Every time we get out of the will of God and do something that we know is 
against God's will for us, there's a hardening that happens. And, And see, sin is deceitful. Why does he call sin deceitful? Here's why. Because sin promises something it cannot deliver. That's why it calls sin deceitful. Because sin always says, when the devil brings a sinful opportunity to do us, he always brings it with this message. If you do this, you will benefit. If you do this, it's going to benefit your life. And you know what? That's always a lie. That's always deception because it never benefits you. It always hurts you or even destroys you. Sin deceives you into believing that you're going to get something good out of something bad. That's the devil's job to to candy coat sin. But here, when you sin and I sin, here's what we find out real quick about sin. Sin will take you farther than you meant to go. It'll cost you more than you meant to pay. And it'll keep you longer than you meant to stay. Every time. Every time. You say, well, I'll just dabble in this sin. No, 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 you won't dabble. You won't dabble because there's a trap in it. It's going to take you farther than you ever meant to go. You say, well, I can get away with this or it won't really cost me that much. No, you're you're going to pay way more than you meant to pay. And, and, well, I'll get out real quick. I'll just dabble and get out. No, you won't. You'll, You'll stay longer than you meant to stay because sin is always a trap. Now you say, well, this is all great, Pastor Jeff, but how do I get rid of a hard heart? Because notice the devil causes a hard heart. Neglect of God's word causes a hard heart. And sin brings a hard heart. But let me give you God's remedy for a hard heart. Hosea the prophet spoke to a backslidden Israel, and here's what he said. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. So he says, if you want to get rid of a hard heart, plow up that hard, run a plow through that hard heart and break up that hard ground so that it's more receptive to the word of God being sown in your life. So how do we plow it up? Three simple ways, quickly. First one is repentance. Repentance will soften your heart. God promises when we repent that I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone. Can we read that together? I will remove the heart of stone. From their flesh, that means you and me, and give them a heart of flesh. That means a soft, pliable, receptive, seed-receiving heart that brings forth God's fruit. Practice daily repentance. Never give a sin any longer than it deserves. And it doesn't deserve long at all. When you sin, get it right quickly. The quicker you repent, the quicker your heart will stay soft. The longer you wait to repent, the harder your heart will get. You may even reach a point where you don't even want to repent anymore. Your heart has gotten so hard that you've decided you don't need to repent. No. As soon as God says, I want you to repent of that, quickly repent. And he'll give you a new spirit. And he'll take away your hard heart and give you a heart of flesh. The second thing, obedience. Obedience makes, listen, it says in Hebrews 12, makes straight paths. Everybody say straight paths. Now, if it's not straight, it's crooked. Make straight paths. Not crooked, make straight paths for your feet. So that what is lame, that means your hard heart. What needs to be touched by God, your hard heart, may not be dislocated, but let it rather be healed. Nothing will make your heart soft towards God than repentance and obedience to Him after you repent. Walk that straight path. There is healing in the straight path. There is goodness in the straight path. 
There is blessing in the straight path. There is favor in the straight path. There is the smile of God when you walk in the straight path. Walk in that straight path, and when you walk straight, God will make crooked things in your life straight. Amen. So say with me, repentance and obedience. And then, of course, the last thing to, to plow up your heart is time in God's Word. David said, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. I have hidden your word. Hidden your word. Where? In my heart. That means he accepted it, he received it, and he accepted it and hid it in his heart that I might not sin against you. See, the word memorized, the word hidden down in your heart keeps that heart soft, pliable, sensitive to God. Amen? Let's stand together, can we? Now I want you to listen carefully to me. I'm giving you the word of the Lord. If you practice these things, regular repentance, obedience, and time in God's word, you will never, you will never develop a hard heart as illustrated by the first type of soil in Jesus' parable. You'll be a fruit bearer. Now, how many of you want to bear fruit for the kingdom of God? Amen. Can we just go to the Lord and thank him for his powerful parable, this story of the sower? Father, we just thank you that by the mercy and grace of God, when we heard your word, most of us here, when we heard your word, we we received it and we accepted it as the word of God. And when we did, That word went down into the soil of our heart. And Lord, now it's on us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And to be sure that we live lives that keep our hearts soft towards God. Can you breathe a prayer with me, dear church, who I love in Christ? And just... Pray this to him with me. Say, Lord, help me to keep a soft heart. Help me, help me to repent when need be, to be obedient, and to spend daily time in God's word, which will plow my heart. In the name of Jesus.